0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake
1: Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow.
0: Now, here's Roy.
1: Well, now that uh, welcome to middle age can be your best age, and now that our kids and grandkids from kindergarten on up are back in school, here are a couple of questions for you to consider. Most kids, especially boys, grown about the end of summer, But does one or more of your young children, preteens or teenagers, really hate school? And if so, do you understand the reasons why? And as a parent or grandparent, what, if anything, can you do to make things better? And the third question, are all of your children or grandchildren in the schools right for them? And as my guest, former educator, author, and consultant Lee Jenkins advises, sometimes it's hard to know. And here's another irony, your son or daughter may like their school too much. Could it be they relish the school day because school discipline is so lax and the tests and homework are way too easy? And Lee Jenkins is here to suggest some questions to ask your student and some options parents have to help ensure that the present school is the right one for their sons or daughters. And Lee Jenkins has spent 50 years in education as a teacher, principal, school superintendent and university professor. And he founded LDJ Consulting Services in 2003. and he now consults with educators, writes, gives keynote speeches, and conducts seminars and classes. And he's author of three books, and currently is working on a fourth the one we'll talk about today, The Perfect School. And hello, Lee Jenkins. Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. It's indeed an honor. Thank you, Roy. Such an accomplished educator.
0: (laughs) Thank you. It's a treat to be with you. I appreciate the invitation.
1: Well, that's fine. Go ahead.
0: And and I just say the topic is significant. It's very significant. I mean, look around. Try to find a kid who... um, loves school, works hard, and is not doing very well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Uh, those.
0: No, no, they're not. So um so so some things I want parents to understand and, and educators, but first of all, all the kids or almost every kid starts kindergarten loving school. Yeah. They can hardly wait to go.
2: <laughs>
0: so then then um I, I, I've done a lot of asking, and we find about 95% of the kids in high school don't anymore like learning at school. Oh, wow. Now, they may like that's, – that's a huge number.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, now, they may like school for friends or like school for athletics or like school for the music trips or the theater program, but to say that they like learning, No. I just interviewed, in, from North Carolina, a high school senior. And I said, uh, how many of, your, uh, of the kids in your high school, is, it's, a, it's a well-known charter school. Oh. I said, how many of your kids um, love learning in high school? She said, well, I can, I can think of seven. I said, huh. Uh,
2: how, how many? many.
0: <laughs> well, I said, how many kids are there in high school? She said 140. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's exactly 5%. Now, she said, the kids I know best are the ones that are in the advanced placement courses yeah. and are doing, getting good grades. So there may be some kids who are not doing so well in school who love it. But, but, but for the kids I know, it's, it's seven. That's 5%. Yeah. So, um, wow. It's, it's, it's not good news. So then if, if, if we're losing that many in their love of learning at school, there's something going on in the system, and it's not teachers who put in their lesson plans every day who they want to discourage. Yeah, they're, they're not. They're not trying to. They're not doing this on purpose.
2: No. So
0: what's happening? And so for your audience, I want them to look for certain things that cause this.
1: Yeah, you and, tell us and there. For, are, there are 15 questions that we as parents. Should be asking our kids. We don't have time to go through all fifteen, but could you please uh, please give us a few of the most important ones to determine uh, whether they like school or not, hate school, and why they don't like it or do.
0: Okay, so that if you take that that love of school they have in the beginning, and take anybody at any age, if you yeah. love doing something, yeah. then you want to you want to work really hard, um, and and we call that will and thrill. You, yeah, your like will it. is to work hard and you're thrilled. Okay. And so you want to observe that, um, in, in the book, um, the gift of failure, the author says, if there's any, um, trick to parenting, it's keeping alive this love of learning. Yeah, so, so then to know, so you so the question is always observing that and looking for clues, um, Parents should allow the kids to handle the little issues on their own. Uh-huh. Um, you, you put 25 kids in a small space, there's issues. Uh, they can handle that on their own. They can learn. That's a part of maturing. But the big issue, which is protecting their love of learning, that intrinsic motivation, parents can help with that. And here's some things to observe that, that are things that are causing kids to not like school. <clears throat> um, one is public embarrassment. So you want to know, is your child being publicly embarrassed? Now, the teachers are not embarrassing the kid on purpose. They've been told this will motivate the kids. So let's take third grade learning your multiplication facts. The teacher puts a a paper ice cream cone on the bulletin board, one for every kid. And when you prove that you know your two times tables, they put a scoop of ice cream out of paper on top of that cone. (laughs) Then you learn your threes. They put another scoop of ice cream on top of that cone. Yeah. Well, when you walk in the room, it's instantly you see who the winner kids are and who the loser kids are. Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) So you're not going to like school. You're not going to like any job if when you come if when you come to work or school, you're publicly embarrassed. Yeah,
2: that's so true. But that
0: happens. It happens all over. And the teachers are thinking they're embarrassing. I mean, they're thinking they're encouraging the kids to do well by getting scoops of ice cream. Well, they do encourage the kids who least need encouragement (laughs) and they discourage the kids who most need it. Okay? So here's the next one. Okay? The kids are, the kids are asked to give up their um, sense of self. If we were talking, if we were talking to adults, we'd say they're asked to sell their soul. Okay? Um, What does that mean? That means they're they're asked to accept bribes all the time. The teacher says, if you kids do this, then I'll give you this. And the kids resent it. Now, they may accept the reward, but they still resent it. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows if they're being cared for and loved or they're being bribed. Yeah. If, if, uh, if grandma and grandpa say to their kid, grandkid, We'll help you with your down payment on your house. And then later, they expect something in return for that. The kid receiving the down payment resents it.
2: Yeah, that's very true.
0: But if it's just out of love, we love you, we're proud of you, we want to help you with the down payment on the house, things are fine. So, but over and over and over, um, in classes all across America, and I think around the world, the teachers are saying, if you do this, then I'll do this for you. And so, parents are, need to be on the alert. Are the kids being bribed? Are they being publicly embarrassed?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, then um, here's another one that parents can do. It starts in first grade with spelling. But the kid, the kids get a list of words on Monday. They take their test on Friday, and uh, they and uh, maybe on Monday or Tuesday they bring home the spelling test. So parents, pick up that test, that spelling test, and say, oh, honey, I see you only missed two words. That's good job. Let's work on those two words.
2: Yeah.
0: Listen, listen for the response from the kid. If the kid says, okay, let's work on those, then this is a good environment. Yeah. If the kid says, no, I don't want to work on those words, we're done with those. We don't need them anymore. <laughs> Then you know that the kid is in a place where they're learning. This is just a game.
2: Yeah,
1: it's not
0: really about learning; it's a game.
1: Well, then they learn. Spit back on the test, and then they can forget about yes,
0: it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that process goes all the way through middle school and high school. Just uh, there's a valedictorian speech, and a student got up at senior, you know, graduation, high school seniors, and said. Grandma, and grandpa, and mom, and dad, let me just tell you, you all think because I'm the valedictorian, I'm the smartest kid in the high school. And let me tell you, I'm not. But I'll tell you what I am. I'm the very best kid in this whole high school at playing the game. I know how to cram, get the grade, and forget and have room in my brain to cram for the next test. I know how to do that. I know how to play that game better than anybody in this school. But I'm not what, the smartest one here.
1: Just what he doesn't need for uh, success in life, really. That's, That's right.
0: Thing. Right. So, you, so parents, be on alert. Is it about learning or is it about playing a game? And your parents can help and say, no, I want you to learn this. This is important. You need to be a good speller. You need to learn your history. You need to learn the science. It, and if it's a game at school, you, know, you need to know that mom and dad don't think it's a game. We think it's important.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Well, let's say upon uh, research, all indications tell us that uh, that our kids' school offers quality education, high graduation rates, high percentage you go on to college, et cetera, but your son or daughter hates, still hates school. Short of transferring our kid to a different school, is there anything we as parents can do to make school better for our kids? At home, or should we approach a teacher or a principal? Will they listen? Or how, how do we uh, rectify that problem?
0: Um, I think we start. Well, there's two things. It's one communicating to your kid that how important the learning is and put the, take the focus off of the grades. Yeah. Um, and fo- you want to focus on the learning. Uh, My wife's roommate in college, Um, her husband says, "Uh, Connie um, got an education. I got grades because years later, she can remember what she learned in every course with her B's and C's. I got almost all A's. I remember nothing. (laughs) So you want parents to say it's about education. It's not about the grade. Okay. Um, So that's, that's one focus. And, Okay, that's that's one, and then working with the teacher, and and saying, uh, if let take the public embarrassment. If 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 the if there's public embarrassment in the room, say I, I'd appreciate it if you take my son's comb down. He doesn't need to be embarrassed in the class.
2: <laughs> that's a good point.
0: Take it take it down. I yeah. I don't want that. Now, do I want them to learn the multiplication facts? Absolutely. We'll help them at home. That's not a problem.
2: Yeah.
0: It's the embarrassment if you're offering. Bribes for doing something? Um, say no. Um, th- see, parents. Okay, children don't need to be taught by their parents how to be selfish.
2: No, that's true.
0: Your kids are born knowing how to be selfish. <laughs> what they need, <laughs> see, What they need, what they need help with is saying is gratitude. Yeah. Saying thank, saying thanks, and having a sense of gratitude. So parents can say. We're not going to bribe you uh and because that causes you to be selfish in order to do things to get the bribe, but we are going to celebrate yeah and and when when you learn your uh, when, when you do something that we're really proud of, um, we could surprise you with a celebration because we love you and we're proud of you, but we're not going to when we're, we're not going to be bribing you Yeah. Um, so there are things, but it's, it's, the teachers don't know how to do it better. It's not their fault. For example, one of the things, you mentioned the l to j process, and there's, there's things on my website, which is, which is lbellj.com, going from the L-shaped curve through the bell curve to the J curve, lbellj.com. There's things there on that website. But one of the simplest things we do in a classroom is we add up the total for the whole class. So what goes on the wall is never things about individual children. What's on the wall is the total for the whole classroom.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's great. And, and
0: the and, and the kids, what it does is we get to celebrate when the whole class does better. And and, and it's just a fun. We don't give them things. We don't give them food. We don't give them uh, more recess time, we just do something silly for fun, okay? And in high school, it's, it's still silly and for fun. It's different than it is in elementary school, but it's the same idea. Yeah. Uh, think, of, think of that like a scoreboard. When you go to an athletic event, that what's up on the scoreboard is the total for the whole team.
2: Yeah, that's very And
0: so that's what it is in the classroom.
2: Yeah.
0: It's like a scoreboard. It's the total for the whole class. Let me tell you one of the most heartwarming things that teachers tell me. The, the, the class will have a total, they're, they're, they'll have their all-time best. And they had um, on their history exam uh, two more questions right than ever before.
2: Oh.
0: And so a kid in the class who's been struggling
2: yeah.
0: says to the whole class out loud, it was because of me. We had an all-time best because of me. My two questions put us over the top. Oh. <laughs> if, if it hadn't have been for me, we wouldn't have had this celebration,
2: yeah that's
0: great, And then what happens? Not only do they have a sense of gratitude because the teacher's saying thanks for how well you 've done, um, kids are helping each other. Yes. Why? they want to get that class total up. they yeah, love it
1: that's, that's so good that's, a, that's the way it should be in. The- we can only make it that way in every class. Well, created in we 2003, your L to J system is built around the principles of continuous improvement and visible learning and growth mindset. Can you briefly define for us what each of those uh, principles encompass and how uh, are they intended sure. to motivate and benefit students?
0: Okay. Um, continuous improvement is that, that – um, We just get, we, we celebrate and honor improvement. We get better and we get better and we get better. It's instead of, um, pulling a number out of the air for a a big time goal.
2: Yeah.
0: We say, no, here's how well we've done in the past. We're going to try to do better this year than we've ever done before. Oh, that's good. That's one. Visible Learning is the name of research, and you can, people can go on the website, visiblelearningplus.com. And they can see um, an Australian researcher. His name is John Hattie, and he has uh, studied 250 major influences on learning. Uh, research from um, all over the world,
2: oh.
0: and and he can and, and he knows what works best. And and so the 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 action, the items that work best are included in the, in the LPJ process, not all of them, but yeah. most of them. Yeah. Um, so that's what visible learning is. Yeah. And then Carol Dweck has written the most popular psychology book out right now called mindset and, um, a fixed mindset says, well, here's your IQ. That's your, that's it for life. <laughs> and a growth mindset says through hard work and effort, you could have, you can get better and better and better. And we're going to help you do that. Yeah, that's so great. So all three are, yeah, all three are built into the LJ L2J process: the research from Visible Learning, uh, continuous improvement principles, and uh, the growth mindset from Carol Dweck.
1: Yeah, I love how you say your L2J system flips the traditional learning model on its head and produces unprecedented results. And I like those six steps where you have, the learning outcomes are defined in in advance. And then you have an initial quiz, weekly quizzes, score tracking, and celebrate progress. uh, Both celebrations are personal and classroom all-time best. And then the results are delivered with great joy. I love those uh, six days you you show on the website.
0: Yes, and those quizzes, by the way, are not graded. It's counterintuitive, but uh, about half of the kids in high school care about grades. And we get 90% of the kids care about these quizzes that aren't graded. Why? Because it's a team effort. Yeah. And and they and they're willing to try their best because it doesn't hurt their grade. Um, yeah. But the hardest part of this for teachers is to tell give the kids a sheet of paper in the first week of school of the school year and says, This is what I want this is what we're going to learn together this year. Here it is. Yeah. And their kids eyes get big and they say, Oh my goodness and the teacher says, Relax, we've got hundred and eighty days, we're gonna learn it. <laughs> And one of the things that parents, if they could, from their teachers, get that list and say, you know, we're supporting you. We want to help you. If you could just tell me what you want the students to know at the end of the year, um, uh, the two of us are just going to do all we can to make sure that our son and daughter learns it.
2: Well, I presume,
1: that this is a, where I, I have a bit of a hang-up on I, I assume your model includes at least a midterm and a final exam and a grade for each student, because uh, how else... That, that's correct. That? Yeah, it do. does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you what we do on that. Um, we give the kids an end-of-the-year final at nine weeks, and oh. it's graded. Oh, I see. But they only need 25% right, have a perfect score because they've only been taught a quarter of the content
2: yeah
0: and then a semester they get the end of the year final again (laughs) there may be some slight adjustments the questions could be in different orders they could be for math you know the the same process the different different numbers and and now they have to get half right for a perfect paper (laughs) and then at third quarter they get the final again, and now they have to have seventy-five percent right for a perfect paper. The kids think it's a good deal.
2: That's very interesting. And I really like that. But yeah.
0: They're not spending any time trying to figure out now what is this teacher going to put on the test. Oh no, it, the test matches the, the list they were given the first week of school. Yeah. And and there's no there's no there's no surprise. There's no gotcha.
1: Does that mean that the class valedictorian or the magna or summa cum laude of rewards kind of go away and basically everyone gets a certificate of participation? <laughs> like no, you, no
0: I, 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 I tell you what, if if, if I had my way um, rather than valedictorian, I would follow the lead of the boy scouts and maybe it's girl scouts too. I'm just not aware of it, mm-hmm. but they have a, rec- they, they know what they want for Eagle scout. Yeah. And the requirements are tough, really tough. And so I would, instead of having a valedictorian, I would say we want an Eagle Scholar or whatever word you want to give it. And we have really tough requirements. But we would try to create as many as we could.
1: Yeah, you're um, not, you're not uh, greedy on the curve. So this speak, you want everything.
0: No, no, you're trying. You're, you're trying to get as many as you can, and then the possibility is that some year there could be none.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good way to put it. Well, let's okay. talk a bit about your forthcoming book, The Perfect School. What is the subject matter to be covered, and uh, what is the new book all about?
0: Okay, The Perfect School says that first of all, what is perfect? And perfect is a school where the kids are as enthused about learning as they were in kindergarten, and they're that they're enthused that enthused the next twelve years.
2: Yeah, that's great.
0: Okay, that's the first part of the book. The second part of the book, and we've talked about this a little, are what is it that schools do that destroy that intrinsic motivation?
2: Yeah.
0: Not on purpose, but they do. Yeah. Then. Uh, then, the third part of the book is what do we replace them with? Um, so we've talked about the all time best okay that 's a replacement for awards assemblies and public embarrassment. Yeah. okay So for each of the items that are causing kids to lose their intrinsic motivation, the, the third has a corresponding chapter on w- what do we replace that harmful process with. Yeah.
1: Well, when do you uh, estimate your book will be complete and available for purchase? And I'm done?
0: estimating. I'm estimating January or February. I,
1: um, I noticed on your website you have this fascinating uh, opportunity to uh, review drafts of The Perfect School and uh, as they're produced, and also the opportunity to share suggestions on how we can make the book better or more clear. I thought that was fascinating. Where do we go again to? Uh, to, okay,
0: well, there? uh, if, there's two ways to go. Uh, I mentioned the website, which is lbelj.com, and there is a, 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 pay, a tab for The Perfect School. Or you can go there directly, because instead of .com, this is .school. So if you type in on your uh, computer, the theperfect.school, you come right to it. Oh, I see. I, I learned that because at, at our church, there's McDowell, dot church okay well they're adding new uh don't uh, uh, we'll have to get the right word but words for that so instead of dot com is dot school okay yeah. so um go there and, and you'll the first two chapters and the table of contents and the preface and the introduction are there now and next week at this time uh, chapters three four and five will be posted and yes i encourage people to add to suggest stories uh, to say this isn't clear, how could you make that better?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, leave that out. Uh, so all through the process, I'm hoping to have some, a lot of interaction on the book before it's concluded, and, and, we'll, and for the people who respond, they will be able to see the whole uh, manuscript. Uh, of course, then when the publisher gets a hold of it, there's an editor and things get changed and chapters may be re- moved around and stuff, but... Um, uh, yes, I, I, opinion, it will be fun.
2: Guys that
1: spoil everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not really. But <laughs> well, in conclusion, yeah. from time immemorial, educators and parents have struggled with the challenge of making school both fun and challenging for students at all levels, from top to bottom, uh, with uh, depending on their innate talent and learning ability and their uh, incentive to learn. And in speaking today with my guest Lee Jenkins. I now believe he has accomplished this goal through his L-to-J system, and it's a learning system that encourages students at all levels to compete with themselves rather than worry about uh, shame, build knowledge cumulatively, and avoid the all-too-frequent cram, test, then forget experience. Uh, So if you can get all A's and forget everything you ever learned and to remain positive throughout the school year, taking pride in improvement, both in themselves but also in the class as a whole, as he puts it, the best yet. And I highly recommend you visit Lee Jenkins' website. And uh, you, you can either go to l2jconsulting.com or the one that he mentioned. It's lbellj.com, right?
0: Yes, that's correct. It'll Both of them will get you the same place.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs> And, uh, and by previewing and ordering uh, Lee Jenkins' latest book, The Perfect School, when you have a model to compare with your kid's own school, uh, maybe you can't get everything done that's in there, but it certainly uh, shows you a pattern or a model of what you uh, what's possible to do in the uh, right environment and how wonderful it is when your kids are both enjoying it and learning together and uh, individually as a team. Uh, and by the way, uh, do you recommend tutors if your kid has maybe has a problem in one particular uh, class, and, and if you, you do want a tutor, uh, how do you find one? What's the best way to
2: come up with that?
0: I don't know. I don't know that I have suggestions on finding them, but I would say a tutor can be of a big help. And yeah. here's how you. Here's the criteria for judging the effectiveness of the tutor. Um, it, it's. It's three things. It goes back to: Does the kid want to work hard to get ready for the tutor? You know, yeah. their will. Uh, are they enjoying it? They're thrilled. But the other part is: um, is when the kids struggle. Almost always, when people struggle at any age, it's because what they're supposed to learn makes no sense.
2: Yeah.
0: And if the tutor knows how to take something they're supposed to learn and have it, and teach them how to have it makes sense. Then you're then 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 you've got a good tutor.
1: How it makes it just sense you, and how it benefits the student to learn that. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Uh huh. You know how it benefits. right? How it benefits them? How it makes sense? Yeah. Um, because because the struggle to learn is almost always the struggle to make sense of it.
1: Yeah, that's for for certain. But no, it's, uh, and you needn't be ashamed to have a tutor because all of us need help in some areas of our lives, and or maybe one that, particular. Subject like I was never very good at physics or, or those right. physical science type subjects, but uh, loved math and uh, pure math and English and other subjects. So it, uh, I think that's true. Well,
0: I mean, look at any of the the professional athletes and, and how much they rely on their coaches. I mean, that's so
1: true. Yeah, there's nothing yes. wrong with having an academic coach as well. And I thank no. you so much, Lee, for joining us. You've certainly given us a lot of. Uh, fuel for thought
0: <laughs> well thank you roy it's been a treat to be with you and i appreciate this time and wish you the very best
1: and best of success on completing that new book the perfect uh school and uh, and all your other activities you're consulting and uh, you have a great website and uh, i think everyone uh, should definitely visit that and take it, uh see what's available out there in this whole new outlook on the uh, how we teach our kids and avoid the shame of the classroom and and those little ice cream coats (laughs) that everyone sees. And thanks so much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Roy. Bye now.
1: Wow. That was great. I'm certain you'll all agree that Lee Jenkins' principles of intrinsic motivation, continual improvement, and will and thrill make a ton of sense for young minds of all ages of learning. And while most of us are not professional educators, nor are we members of the local school board, it is very essential that every one of us who are parents or even grandparents of school-aged children or teens take an active, constructive role in a three-way learning triangle. And that triangle consists of educator, child, and parent. All have equally important roles. And before closing today's program, I'd like to touch upon a problem getting a lot of attention these days, and that's school bullying. I know last month in our local newspaper that uh, contained a story of a 12-year-old girl identified only by her initials HT who wanted to transfer out of her school district because she was being bullied, and although uh, her transfer was denied, an HT could uh, transfer out of our district only if her parents were willing to pay $6,000 annual tuition, not to mention the cost of privately arranged transportation. So, as you can see, it's very important that the administrators of a school make the school that our child, your child, my child attend to be accommodating and a good place for them to learn and not be bullied. And you know the situation, I don't know how it was resolved, but it reminded me of similar bullying that occurred back when I was in grade school. Although I don't think they call it bullying back then. In the fifth and sixth grade, the last two years of grammar school, I had in class a girl who several harassing boys labeled as Tizzy the Two-Faced Tyrannosaurus, Now, I don't know where in the heck this ridiculous nickname came from. I think it started out as Four Eyes, but somehow morphed into Tizzy. And I'll refer to this unfortunate girl as J.N., and those are not her real initials. And she was not particularly unattractive. She wasn't ill-groomed, sloppy. She didn't smell bad. She wasn't unkempt in any way, and in no way was she particularly homely. In fact, her only defect, if you could call it that, she wore glasses, horrors. (laughs) And so did two of the most popular girls in the class, by the way. So why do you think J.N. became the target of the class bullies? Almost certainly because it was obvious that these bullies were getting under her skin. They were deeply upsetting her, yet she never really fought back. She just took it and seethed about it. Uh, She merely gave the bullies a dirty look. And turned away without responding or reporting their behavior to teachers or the principal. And if she complained to her parents, we'll never know because absolutely no one took any action in that school to stop the bullying. By the way, I never called Jay and Tizzy to her face or intentionally harassed her, but I smiled and laughed along with the other boys when she was insulted. And sadly, I never really uh, had a conversation with uh, J.N. in all the years I was in class with her. I don't know her uh, only really as an object of uh, scorn, not really as a fellow human being. And what was it in it for the bullies? Why did they do it? Well, I guess it's to have someone to look down upon, uh, to build up your own fragile self-esteem, and to gain a few laughs from your buddies while facing no perceived threat of retaliation. And uh, So how did this Tizzy the Two-Faced Tyrannosaurus bullying episode end? Well, in my humble opinion, it was when J.N. became my fearless hero and stood up to her tormentors. After sixth grade, see, our uh, class graduated from grammar school and moved on into junior high. I think it's now referred to as middle school in most districts. And I witnessed it personally, In about the third day of junior high, J.N.'s primary bully, in fact, the guy who invented the nickname, Tizzy the Two-Faced Tyrannosaurus, encountered her in the hall and loudly called out, Hey, Tizzy, how do you like our new school? In response, J.N. stared daggers at him, and with ice in her veins and her voice proclaimed, I let you get away with that tizzy crap in grade school, but not here. From now on, if you want to speak to me, you will address me by my proper first name, Janet, which, of course, isn't her real name. It's the one we're using in this uh, discussion. The next time you harass me or call me tizzy, she said, I will report you immediately to the teacher, advisor, or principal. And you know what? Never again in the three years of junior high or later on in high school do I ever remember anyone attempting to bully or harass j n and I'm not saying that j n ever became a class president or homecoming queen, but from that day on she was left pretty much alone to pursue her studies and to rebuild her self esteem and I don't know how j n turned out to uh, how she turned out or what she accomplished as an adult. I haven't met her in any high school reunions. I don't think she would want to go to one of those, given the unhappy time she has as a student. I uh, pray and hope that uh, life is going well for her, that she has experienced happy and fulfilling adulthood. But as we all know, our pathways as adults often are blocked by subconscious feelings of inadequacy that are planted in us as young children or teenagers. And, uh, J.N., if I had anything to do with the emotional harm inflicted on you in sixth grade, please forgive me. In fact, because of the courage you have displayed in junior high, you are my hero. I don't know whether J.N. had coaching from her parents or maybe even a professional counselor, but I do know she bravely got her message across. And I bring the subject up because it's so important that we as parents, even as grandparents, keep track of where... Our school children stand throughout the year, ask questions, and routinely evaluate your kids' emotions throughout the school year. In the end, it's better for your child to be neither a bully nor a victim, and don't hesitate to courteously demand intervention if your child is being harassed in any way, physically, mentally, or emotionally. By the way, our children learn from our behavior as parents, as we all know. So anti-bullying advice applies to us as well as to our son. Don't forget to preview my first book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, or my second book if you're in business or pursuing a career, Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. The books are about individual and collective renewal, and you can preview and purchase My books on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or through our individual website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And bye for now. Have a great hereafter. And tune in next week for another installment of Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
2: Bye for now.